Super Heavy has entered the room. <laughs> Abandoned hope all you were here before Super Heavy entered the room. <laughs> That's what it says. It says Super anti- Heavy has entered the room. Wait a minute. I thought right, like some, some earth shattering. It's all about, you know what? It's all, I mean, maybe we, uh, maybe we missed the boat, Seb. Maybe we, in doing our real names, you know, we were able to, we missed something, right? We should have used uh, you know, Oh, like, we definitely maybe. missed something. Yeah, we did. We did. And, we in, and I guess in that way, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so much we've missed. So much. Uh, but I've missed you, tough guy. What's going on? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus. <laughs> I love when you say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these, uh, in these days of corporate America, for those, you know, for those who celebrate, for those who do not celebrate, for those who choose to uh, participate and so forth. But yeah, it's uh, how how uh, how how was how was your 2020 socially distant Christmas, Seb? Super weird. Thanks. <laughs> you you and a whole you and billions like you. Yeah. Uh, Such a surreal year. I just I, did, I, mean, I, I wish I had a better time? word to describe. I know. It. I know. <laughs> but that's the only one I got. At, at, at this point, whoever, it's almost like the person who trademarks the, the, whatever is the uh, thesaurical or thesaurus word or answer for so many terms, because everything is, I think everything has just been so overused by, I don't know, maybe July or August of this year. Like, mm-hmm. I think we're just searching for new words. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's... <laughs> yeah. New anything. <laughs> anything new, please. <laughs> oh, it is. But you're right. I think surreal is, it, 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 to your point, I don't know if surreal really describes it. Like, if you were just to tell somebody in 50 years and write this down to say this was surreal, they'd be like, mm, I don't think that captures <laughs> yeah. the sentiment that's know really what that, up there. That really <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, did you like try to? to did you FaceTime or WhatsApp or yeah know, yeah yeah we did, with anybody we, on videos? Yeah. Okay. We did we did we did okay. a, we did a Christmas Eve Zoom with um, with some of my family okay up in Vancouver and then a uh, uh, Christmas Day Zoom um, with the Austin crew but um, you know it's whatever people are are even uh, like tired of Zoom at this point you know what I mean <laughs> like, don't know what so what you mean to tell me. That spending six hours a day doing something and then using more of that in your free time tends to turn people <laughs> off to it. I can't imagine. It is weird, isn't it? <laughs> surreal. Surreal. Totally it's surreal. Surreal. <laughs> yeah, there's um. So our company uh, actually, as a as a part of you know what they sell in the software. Uh, I'm sorry, what we sell, what we sell as a part of the software they actually have a way for you to track how much time you spend on zoom meetings. Oh Lordy. I know. And I that's something I don't want to know. And, and, well, that's the thing, Seb. I was like, Oh, this seems cool. Let me check this out. I was like, I don't know. I mean, that's like finding <laughs> how many donuts you eat over the holidays. Like <laughs> yeah. some things are better. Nobody needs unsaid. to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm already up a notch on the belt. I know there were some donuts involved. <laughs> I don't need to know the actual number. <laughs> Nobody needs to tell me I'm eating. <laughs> well, well, you know what happens. You know, you're like, oh, I probably had like 12 donuts, and then like the donut counter shows you at 38, and like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, wow, I have. You hit not the only side of have, it. <laughs> not only do I have no self control, apparently I can't count. So now I'm questioning both <laughs> both my ability to control my appetite and you my. Gotta, you gotta give skills. it a good whack on the side, yeah, though. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, let me press Control Alt Delete here. Clearly, yeah. it hasn't refreshed the donut Some, cache yet. Up. Thumbs up. That's not. That's not right. Everybody exactly, knows exactly right. But I, and I think well, what what we what we tell our prospects is that if you are looking to know and understand the mental health of your employees, and you are trying to make sure that people are stepping away and are taking some time away from Zoom. Yeah. This is the you know uh, like, sure. like Spider Man powers. It's supposed to be used for good. Right. But you know, someone's going to be like, I see you only spent 29 hours on of Zoom course. last week. Of um, you only have 30, you only have seven pieces of flair. Rob over there has 37 <laughs> pieces of flair. <laughs> Do you not like Zoom? 
<laughs> is there a problem with your Zoom? <laughs> exactly. I noticed that in all your meetings, you don't have a fun background. Now, I'm not saying you have to put a fun background on. All I'm saying is everybody else is doing the fun background. And people have commented that they don't feel as good about Zoom when you don't put a fun background on. <laughs> yeah. God. Well, people can kiss the blackest part of my ass. Oh, God. <laughs> You're making me realize that I should be more appreciative of my workplace than I <laughs> probably am. It, is, it could be worse. Yeah, well, and and I think this is the, maybe the first time, Sebastian, where for somebody, it did, like, for somebody, it was the worst. Like, I know we always, you know, like to say, you know, hey, it could be worse, it could be worse. That kind of helps keep us with some perspective. And I think for the most <laughs> part, I'm definitely in that. It definitely could be worse for me. Like, I, I realize the privilege that comes with, you know, the type of job I have and the type of economy that I work in. But I just, a, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just going to say, like, for a lot of people, 2020 truly was the worst. Was the worst, yeah. You know, yeah. and it's, I, it's... I just think, I think every day how lucky we are mm, that mm -hmm. we have jobs that can be done on zoom frankly well <laughs> I mean, and that's man that's the other part to, right to go face people like mm. Uh, mm. it is I, I i you know i'm sure that nobody from my executive team is listening to this but maybe you know <laughs> our board lawyers from maybe there's some board lawyers who are checking this out for my company and so i don't want to get into the numbers but we had like just a kick-ass second quarter a kick-ass third quarter. Um, and I think in doing all of this business and closing, because clearly um, if any environment was meant for a company that can tell right. companies how to operate in a remote environment and That's secure right. all of their information via URLs and get access to what they need on the web, truly these were the times yeah. um, you know, that are made for that. And so, yeah, we've, we've got people who are, and I'm sure it's similar in, in your company as well, where people are just like, mm, we'll take some of that cloud. Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna buy, but if it has cloud in the skew, we'll buy it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Zoom itself, right? It hit yes. like a eighteen hundred price to earnings ratio. Yeah, like it's. <laughs> and I was I was reading somewhere where someone was like, mm, I think Zoom is undervalued because the, it's the, possible. Well, their perspective was now that companies have got a good taste of that, mm, not having a physical presence dropping right to the bottom line you know what wow there's this rent we haven't paid right right <laughs> and yet yeah. and still you know for those companies that like you said are set up to to operate efficiently in a cloud environment i mean all that stuff just drops to the bottom line i mean my company we haven't traveled in what six, seven months right. now 10 months right. you know and all that is post all that is you know net right that yeah. <laughs> just it's, it's nothing and, and that, net <laughs> Nothing but net. And as we have found, <laughs> as we have found, anyone who studied the concept of bridge tolls will tell you, um, they don't stop collecting the toll once the bridge is paid for. Nope. <laughs> nope. They call that the gravy. <laughs> exactly. Like, but I mean, people are used to paying it. So in, in a way, wouldn't it be cruel to not charge them? Explain like, people to me why we would stop again. But people are used to paying for the bridge. Yeah, it would so... just, be unfair. <laughs> we, we don't we don't want to upset the natural order of things. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, Which I, is I, money. That's the natural order of things. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but yeah, I think to, I, I mean to to what we were talking about before. It's I, I I imagine that there is going to be some aspect of you know people that go back to work in a particular environment, you know, in a in an office building. But I I. What do you say? You can't keep them down on the farm once they've seen Paris. Mm, so, mm -hmm. Well, um, it's, it is an interesting question because, I mean, I think there's all kinds of things that are um, are changed forever now that we don't, yeah. we don't know yet because we're still in this, you know, well, this is the pandemic or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, it's not going back to the way it was before, like for better and for worse, right? Some things are good and some yes. things are like are lost. We've, mm. we've lost things. Which is really sad. I mean, in addition to all the the human loss, uh, which is just when you when you it, think it about the numbers, it's difficult it's just to think holy through. Crap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're headed towards World War Two uh, casualties. And I mean, <laughs> there's certain things in life that should really cause you to take stock 
of not your current place, but really the path that got you there. Um, and, the scene, and to your point, I mean, World War II was was what in terms of casualties? It was uh, yeah, half a million. Well, no, I'm saying American casualties. So American casualties, yeah. Half a million Americans died. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing. Unless it's like some kind of super virus from a movie, and, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to denigrate the incredible, unfortunately, effectiveness of the COVID virus. But it almost feels like those are sci-fi numbers. Like there's some kind of virulent plague introduced by aliens that could maybe wipe out, mm. you know, a half million people. It doesn't feel like the coronavirus should have been able to get as far as it had. Would I mean? No, of course not. No, absolutely. Talking. By, by the way, I, yeah. I I silently Googled. I was wrong. We're already <laughs> past World War II. Oh, know. that's fantastic! Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's so four years of concerted effort to kill Americans mm. on the on the battlefield amounted yeah. to two hundred and ninety thousand deaths. Wow, that was you know like a national trauma that we still feel the after effects from yeah. now. Yes, you know, seventy years a, later, a, a a well a part of a lost generation, right? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So, well, I guess like America says, we're number one. <laughs> It's, it's guys, guys, <laughs> that is not what we meant. You're looking at this all wrong. This, this should be something no one wants to win. And, and 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 now, of course, what do we have? But the variant of COVID. I mean, which is I know. I think what's interesting is that people are talking about this. Like, wow, do you realize it mutates? It's like, um, like almost every single viral infectious. <laughs> entity yeah. on the planet like why would you expect covid not to mutate yeah it's what yeah. they do you know you do get a different flu shot every year yeah. <laughs> well no no no. it says flu shot f-l-u-s-h-o-t they spell it the same every year so clearly it's just the same shot right have we um, really it, I, I, sometimes i i wonder if i'm just hmm. whatever being curmudgeonly or mm -hmm. are, are we just stunningly stupid in this country now like just mind-numbingly dumb like I, some something comes out almost weekly where I go. People don't actually think that, do they? Like, so we've reached the point where the hardest working people, Sebastian, are those poor, poor editors and writers at the Onion. <laughs> yeah. Because for every and it goes exactly what you're talking about. Every time you think oh, to yourself, God. surely, surely this must be an onion story. I, I, that is I just a rough job now. That's a rough job. <laughs> it is, I mean, how do you... You can't. You, I, don't, I mean, right. there, there's no floor. It beats it. Nope. There's no floor. And, and you can't... I mean, at some point, you're t you're, you start to talk about... I think the onion is going to have to rotate back to, you know, quote, unquote, not, not parody news because the, the parodies now have... <laughs> they passed parodies like eight months ago. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, so there was a great article and it talked about, I think it was on NPR and it talked, no, it was on Medium, sorry. And it was uh, talking about how the idiots are winning. Oh, they won a while ago. Yeah, it is. And, and I think it goes to what you were saying, this whole idea of, you know, <laughs> have, the, have the idiots gotten too much of a foothold to the point right. where natural selection is no longer enough to cope right. them. Right. 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 We and need some hardcore Darwin awards. <laughs> you know, it's. Well, I, I hate to see that say that, but like, I, you know, at this yeah. point, I'm getting so uh, upset because it, you know, like our planet is slowly lighting on fire, and they don't believe mm. that, and and like it's gonna light on fire for us because they don't, the idiots don't believe that. All the people who do believe it are powerless to make yes. these idiots yes. believe it. And that's that's just climate change. Like, you know, I mean, uh, obviously the, the problem, the more pressing problem of the day is mm. coronavirus, which they think is a hoax. Like, it is- kidding me? I was reading, I was reading today that the EPA is about to put in new policies around carbon emissions. 
um, which is being hailed, of course, by the current administration as a great thing. However, when you read what they are, they're pretty much about a decade obsolete. Yeah, right. And it's the idea that, you know, and I think that's what, that's maybe what the idiots have is this idea that, you know, you think you're doing something, but what you are doing now needed to be done 15 years ago. Yeah. It's the, it's the same frustration I feel where I read that, um, and, and actually I think a lot of people are falling victim to this where I think political is one of the worst you know, offenders of this, where they'll say, you know, wow, Congress finally passed a bill right, and right, sent right, it to right, the president. Right, I'm like, right. hmm, let's not call it Congress, shall yeah. we? Yeah. <laughs> like, Unless and that's I, your pet name for Mitch McConnell. <laughs> exactly, right? There's no, and, and in all of these conversations or all these articles, there seems to be no mention of the idea that the House sent, I think, two coronavirus yep. packages yep. to the Senate. In I think like one yeah, like one, I think one was a two trillion and one was a three trillion. Yep. And I'm like, fine, okay, if, if, if three trillion is just too much for you to consume, even though it may be the right number, like, you know, no one ever talks about whether three trillion is the right number or the wrong number. It's just talk about, well, that number's too big. It's like, well, how much is humanity worth? Yeah. <laughs> how, how, or even, even if we just want to make it about the United States as our tax dollars, how much are all the people in the United States worth? I'm yeah. thinking it's more than three trillion. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of like um, you know the the extreme lengths they'll go to to avoid um, saying like you know that I can't remember the dude's name, but the police officer charged with uh, kneeling on George Floyd's mm, neck mm-hmm, will be sentenced mm-hmm. next week. Like he didn't kneel on his neck; he murdered him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that every and everyone saw him kill a man yes this, the this, only this, debate is whether it was you know first third ninth degree right like, i mean <laughs> and you're right it's it's i wish that we would just call a thing a thing yeah and yeah. maybe and just that's like what said, we like, lost congress can't you know finally passes a bill it's like uh no congress has been <laughs> waiting for mitch mcconnell <laughs> to do his friggin' job and he doesn't he has no motivation to because that's not what what he sees his job as being he sees well his job exactly as, his job as, is to protect the majority yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and, and, so just, and or dismantling the american democracy i can't tell it's like i literally can't tell whether he's power hungry and just a lunatic and thinks mm-hmm. that that you know there is an end game that works for him because there mm-hmm. isn't mm-hmm. or if he's literally a russian asset whose job it is to dismantle the american democracy because if that is his job good job yeah you know what five stars sir five stars um i would i would i would i'm I'm gonna say it's the first one i I think he is i think you're right i mean it's weird I, i i i think i Every time I, I am almost convinced of the conspiratorial, like the, mm-hmm. the the Russian version, I think it's it's in part because I can't believe that anybody's that dumb. Like, well, that's the thing, right? You're right? like, you can't. You can only believe that somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. He he has he has exceeded your capacity to he's he's exceeded your what I'll call your belief capacity. Like, you just can't believe somebody who is. The Senate majority or the Senate minority leader would act like that. Hopefully, the latter. Well, you know, it's although I, I have to my and it's some and if I'm a Republican, I've got to be again. I, I'm I'm staying in a state of both scared, permanent fear and denial. But now you're you know the leader of your party is going to force. Republican senators to go on the yeah. on the record with this two thousand dollar thing and like, I, I mean, I, I understand that you want. I understand that Trump wants to be the big guy who maybe can run in twenty twenty four and say, "Hey, I got you these two thousand dollar checks." Um, but it, it, you know, I was making a comment to a buddy of mine, I think earlier today, and I said, you know, it's going to come to the point where the Republican Party is going to be so self cannibalizing. Mm-hmm. That eventually Lynn Wood will be talked about as a deep state democratic democratic double agent. Right. Yeah. yeah like yeah. it's only a matter of time. Yeah. They're <laughs> they're eating their own young. <laughs> well, and and you know, so so when I look at 
and, and don't get me wrong, I still think the Georgia races are still going to be a huge lift. I, I, you know, based on you know my yeah my naive reading of, of of information, I would say that Warnock seems to have a better leg up on Loeffler than Ossoff does on Purdue. Yeah. But I mean, forcing those guys, forcing Loeffler and Purdue to go on the record with a vote. Yeah. about these $2,000 checks. And <laughs> and it's, and when you are bringing Trump down to talk about this at rallies, like... Yeah. It, 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 can't, I, it can't feel good. It, it, can't, it can't. It can't. I which, mean, and, which you hate to see, as we always say. Well, you know, assuming that Mitch McConnell actually does feel things, he's got to feel sick about this. <laughs> yeah. it, because it's I just, really doubt he feels anything. You know, did and, you uh, see his hands? I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, basically, he definitely had the abracadabra curse put on him. Like he's just slowly dying and just refuses <laughs> to lay down. Like he, I, there was a comic I saw that um, had death. You know, with the you know black hood and the uh, Sith. You know, with his hands you know bent over, huffing and puffing out of breath, and McConnell still running. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that just captured it exactly. Like yeah, exactly. even death is just like uh, you know. I, Who is I just with this guy? <laughs> I have here in the contract that he was clearly up in 1984. <laughs> you know, but I, you know, and I, I think what people don't realize is that you know he just won his I think seventh term. I know in this last election, and and that's by a landslide too. And and that's the other part that we really need to think about is, you know, Diane Feinstein, 87, Charles Grassi, 87. Yeah. Um, Lee Leahy and Sanders, I think 78, 70s, yeah. you know, yeah. Mitch McConnell, 407. Like, yeah. you know, the idea that you you gain power in the Senate by simply getting tenure and by sticking. outliving your, <laughs> your foes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they're all dead now. <laughs> it's all mine. Mine, mine, mine. Um, but that's I think that's probably the one of the biggest yeah. issues is is totally you know it's 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 it just seems that there's no way to get yeah. I mean, even when you look at the um like I think about the house leadership and you know Pelosi, Clyburn yeah. and and Stoyner. You know, I think what combined something like 215 years, 206, like yeah. it's significant. I think on the on the Senate side, it's there as well because it's what Schumer. I think Dick Durbin is the number two. Right, right. Um, and I think it's what McConnell. I forgot who the uh, who the majority whip is. Yeah. But maybe it's is Cornyn, Senator from out of Texas. Maybe Cornyn. Maybe Cornyn. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, I guarantee you. I, definitely I think it's an old white guy. If I'm. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> yeah, they, oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, no, no. The other one. No, no, no. The other old white guy. No, 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 Sebastian. The other, other no, no, old no, white older. guy. Older. No, <laughs> yeah. whiter. No, more racist. <laughs> it is. No, no, more corrupt. Yeah, it, it is. Uh. Yeah. Oh, so I, 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 you know, as we, as we always scan the news and we never know where we're going to go when we uh, start this car. So I was reading that, speaking of corruption, um, <laughs> so my question to you, I know, well, you know, it's, it's, it's all about the connections. Um, corruption, when I look at, uh, or I was reading about the cannabis industry um, mm. and how pretty much because they decided to enforce cannabis laws at a local level, um, individuals who are maybe underpaid, under-resourced, understaffed, and overworked um, really not the people that you want to dangle hundreds of thousands of dollars in front of <laughs> in order to... Uh, oh, why? <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, they talked about just municipality after municipality uh, because they're not really regulating a lot at the state or the idea is that they are regulating at the state, but you need to get a local sign-off before you can get a license for those states that have um, gone ahead and authorized medical marijuana or dispensaries. And they were just talking about, I think at some point in time, the article described it as cigarette and alcohol during prohibition. Like it's just, it's just right, a wild, right. wild west. And, right. you know, I'm there's, sure. it is, it's a good, it was a good idea to have local control over local community um, businesses. And, you know, this money should stay locally. Totally. However, How about some transparency though? 
Well, I think the what they talked about is not that it's the transparency, it's the fact that you have instead of 50 states or what 36 states I think that are uh, approved medical marijuana or some yeah. sort of use their laws, you literally have thousands of towns. And it's oh the God. idea that, you know, exactly. So where, where I live, right? The Tri-Valley, you got Dublin and Pleasanton and Livermore. It's the idea that Dublin says no, um, you know, Livermore and Pleasanton say yes. And now the dispensary only has, is only going to put itself in one location. What's going to be the, you know, who, who do they bribe to get to say yes? And it's, right. it's that type of, you know, communities that are pitting themselves against one another. Oh boy. Um, <clears throat> you know, and as we talked maybe a couple of episodes ago about the lack of empathy and the lack of caring for one's neighbor and how, you know, COVID kind of makes everybody dog eat dog. And, and then you throw, <laughs> then you throw cannabis and marijuana money into it. Yeah. Um, it it's, and weren't we just talking about bridge tolls? Like good yeah. luck clawing that money back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I just felt it was interesting that even when it just seems that 2020 is so tainted, like even when we're trying to do good things now, I know it just feels like 2020 is the tro- poison tree and no good fruit shall come of it, <laughs> no yeah. matter what we do. So, nope, I know it's uh, man, good riddance to this friggin' year, you know, it 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 can't end soon enough, it's uh. Well, you know, and, and and I think for for those of us who are looking for something better in the future, it's not only that the calendar year will end in, what, two days or whatever it is. Um, it's the Claymore Mines that 2020 has left for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that we'll be digging out from yeah, under. The like... wave of evictions, the wave <laughs> of mortgage defaults, the wave of, right? I mean, like... Oh, Student God, loan default. Uh, yeah. yeah it, it is. And I don't... It would take a unified country all of its effort to get over any one of these problems uh yeah what is that a unified (laughs) (laughs) i mean okay so we're we're feeling very pessimistic today yes 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 i i just want to actually maybe we can't see the silver lining right at this moment but it has been my perception at least that uh, a good shared existential crisis eventually does bring people together. Um, we need Independence Day. You are correct. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> we need so, an alien invasion. So when the aliens <laughs> do arrive, they're way overdue. Yeah. Well, at this point, I think the aliens are just hanging back like, oh, well, they'll take care of it for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you give know. them a minute. Give them, just give them another, just one exactly. more minute. Exactly. You know, we had budgeted for like ground troops and, you know, poisoning their atmosphere <laughs> and poisoning their water. But, mm, you know, what's our latest <laughs> scouting report? Because apparently, <laughs> apparently someone beat us. Like, I think the aliens right now are looking for the other aliens that have caused all this. Because yeah. surely the human beings would not do this to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that great uh, science fiction short story, which is like... Uh, a conversation between two aliens who've, who've just discovered the earth or one one's been scouting the earth the other is asking for his report basically okay okay and and he goes through you know basically a carbon-based life form and you know how do they communicate with each other and they they don't read do they read minds and they no, they're not reading minds they <laughs> the, the phrase that always stuck in my mouth is in my mind is they, they squeeze air through these meat flaps and make sounds <laughs> And there you go. <laughs> but anyway, it ends up with like, and, and you know, how far advanced they technologically, well, they've split the atom. Okay, so so now they've got abundant energy and like, well, no, not quite. <laughs> but, but what did they do with it? Well, they, they bombed each other. <laughs> they, what? <laughs> Why would they do that? <laughs> not, not really sure. <laughs> but uh, but they made tens of thousands of these things that can do that. Yeah, right. Yeah, and they're they're threatening to do it to the entire planet with the whole planet. They made enough of these things. It really does defy any kind of. Like, if you if you were a producer for an alien sitcom and yeah. someone brought you that scouting report for the for the Earth, you'd be yeah. like, no nah, way. No. <laughs> no, it is it is, and so you're right. I don't. I would offer though that I am 
I am more realistic and not necessarily pessimistic. Right. So I would I would yeah. offer that what I see is what I like to see myself as seeing is a clear eyed view of the challenges as well as the potential in front of us. And it just so happens we're talking about the challenges. But I do feel um, to your point, And I don't know what that I don't know what that tipping point crisis is. Um, I, I, I thought a couple of years ago will be climate. Um, it, maybe it's poverty. Maybe it's hunger. Maybe it's a combination of a few different things. But. I do feel um, that that there is something bigger, and maybe it's a combination of you know the coronavirus with this and that. And I think it's going to be something where I don't know if all humanity will unite, but I think we're going to find something where enough of humanity unites so that it is <laughs> they are able to overpower those who choose not to unite. Um, and I know, the- yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> that's a pretty dark, uh, thought too. I mean, that, that's, <sighs> I mean, that's, that's where it felt like I was going before was like, mm. are, are these people are, are, are so many people so stupid? Cause it's like, at some point where the people who realize how much damage those people are doing are going to get really pissed off. Yes. They're, they're, this, it is, it will be. Um, you know, and I don't know if our fan watches this movie, but it's it's like Idiocracy. It really is, you know, that yeah. initial scene. And and I think where Idiocracy, the idiots won because they they were just willing to have a lot more sex and a lot more babies. Um, yeah, right. I, I do think that there is going to come a point where people will look at saving the earth as an existential threat and it will give justification you know, to Malcolm X's mantra of by any means necessary. Like you're going to start right, seeing, right. I, I think this is maybe where you're going to, you know, the eco warriors yeah, um, or the pollution warriors or right. the criminal justice I mean, and yeah, criminal like justice, Green, social Green warriors. Had, had done, or sorry, which was um, the, oh man, the, there was a group, there was like a splinter group off of Greenpeace that, that were um, sabotaging uh, uh, whaling ships and stuff like that. Sea shepherds. I, sea shepherds. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're right. By the way, I found the short story. It's online. It's called "They're Made Out of Meat." <laughs> I won't read you the whole thing, but you have to hear this. Please, please, please. They're made out of meat. Meat? There's no doubt about it. We picked several up from from different parts of the planet, took them aboard our recon vessels, probed them all the way through. They're completely meat. <laughs> And there you have it. Drove them all the way through. <laughs> oh dear. But it is, yeah, it's it's I think what will happen is people will start to really embody for the children. I, yeah. I think that people will just say, you know, it's not it's not fair to give it this really type of isn't. planet to my child. And we will now do anything as, as well as, you know, maybe some children like, you know, uh, uh, Greta, oh my God, I keep forgetting her last name, Greta Thunberg. Thunberg, I had the T right. So yeah. Greta Thunberg, along with just the power, because, you know, there are a lot, there are a lot of kids out there. And if, and if you can start to shepherd people doing something for somebody outside of themselves, like that's when people, I think, really. Yes. Yeah. You know, when, when the, what's, what's the term I'm thinking of? It's uh, altruism. High, yes, yes, heightened altruism, right? Where, yeah. you know, I, 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 I will do this. It's not for me because, you know, I'm only going to fight so hard for myself, but I'll fight damn hard for people who can't right. yeah, 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 yeah. for my kids, right? And yeah. so, yeah, I think that will. Man, I hope so. You know, we have to hope so, Sebastian. Otherwise, um, you I know, know. What's the point? Yeah, let's head out to the forest in Oregon and, <laughs> and just chill. <laughs> let's deconnect, decompress, um, and just get the heck out of Dodge. Because yeah. if 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 that doesn't happen, um, you know we're we're there. There's, and that reminds me of a story. It was uh, I don't know if I've sent it to you, but there's a, a guy online. His name is I think it's Tim Wise, and he writes a sort of long form blog article um, called Wait But Why. And he oh, spends yeah, yeah. about, yeah, yeah wait, okay. I, actually, maybe you even sent me Wait But Why, if I remember, I don't know, somehow. But you know the guy I'm talking about. And yeah, his, yeah. 
his whole thing was, you know, why have we not found intelligent life? Right. I think I did say that to you. Fermi's paradox. Yes. Yes. Fermi's paradox. Bingo. Right. And, and, you know, I think to myself. That is one of my favorite uh, uh, web comics and, and, and also things to think about. Why haven't we found them? Well, you know, so, so I will, I will, again, I will put the onus on you for our fan. Can you give a quick, description of what Fermi's paradox is. Oh, uh, sure. So, you know, if, if the universe is infinite, then there are infinite planets uh, or some very large number of planets that can sustain life. Um, therefore, life should have developed on at least one of those planets, many mm-hmm. of those planets. Mm-hmm. Uh, just mathematically, you'd think there'd be, you know, intelligence popping up over and over and over again. Um, and uh, just by the law of statistics, we should be somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's most likely that we would be somewhere in the middle, not the oldest uh, form of intelligence and not the newest form of intelligence, but somewhere in the middle. So if the universe is uh, whatever it is, eight billion years old, mm-hmm. six billion years, whatever. Give or take, years give old, or take a billion. It's a and billion. it takes whatever, 100 million years to, to develop intelligence, pick some random number, then the, the num- there should be incredibly advanced civilizations or intelligences right Who, teeming with life i believe was right uh, the term. exactly teeming. <laughs> right so and we when we poke our you know we point our telescopes to the sky it's just silence mm-hmm. so there should be evidence of all of these other civilizations and there's nothing and that's yes. very weird <laughs> <laughs> and basically it's that that means that either human intelligence is the only one like which is extremely unlikely this has only yes. happened once yeah exactly um, or we're the first that also mm-hmm. seems very unlikely yes yes or we're very much the like very young intelligence and the other ones are so advanced that they're hiding from us yes. <laughs> which is terrifying <laughs> And I think Fermi's paradox also. Well, no, it's not Fermi's paradox. I think it, there's a, a an offshoot of that that talks about how civilizations, no matter how old they are, reach some kind of point, and it's called the I, I forgot, but it's it's roughly equivalent to a barrier. Right. And the yeah, idea yeah, is yeah, that yeah. other you, other species that were older than us right. met that barrier and failed, and they and are failed. dead. Right. 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 There may <laughs> be right. There may be a natural limit, which mm-hmm. comes basically right around now basically (laughs) (laughs) because otherwise there'd be all kinds of evidence in the universe of of civilizations that that were at least as advanced as us or more exactly um and yeah so that means yeah that as you said there there may be some wall that that civilizations hit that Mm. and certainly from our own history we've seen that there that happens right i mean there have been a couple of walls hit a wall i think uh you know, and, and I was, think, has strangely enough has usually come in the form of another conquering civilization. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking like walls that are not necessarily based on some aspect of the civilization. Like I think bubonic plague. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like if bubonic, you know, all it, all it, and I, I was reading that all it took was perhaps maybe thirty more years of advanced travel, like either better sailing ships or better overland routes. And the, bubonic, and the bubonic plague spreads that much quicker. Mm, like it's yeah. the idea that if bubonic plague happens 30 years after it happened, there's no human beings left. Right. Um, and I you know, just think, just, just, and I think there's, you know, other, other aspects of that, um, that concept as well. I'm not sure. I, and maybe I think um, I was reading that uh, the, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis Right was another potential wall that could that right. that if yeah, not yeah, for yeah. breaking a couple of ways differently, um, you know, it's full. <laughs> you know, Matthew Broderick doesn't make his movie about full scale thermonuclear war because we lived it. Um, <laughs> you know, because the embargo was broken and 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 Kennedy and Khrushchev decided to launch. Like those are the two that that come up in my mind, and then they also talk about natural walls, like. Um, you know, a comet hitting the earth and, you yeah. know, which is, you know th- those things that are not due to the civilizations of mm, civilization's fault, just due to natural right. things, right. hitting things from a space, calamity right? that we can't possibly. Uh, exactly. Off. Exactly. Right. And so it, 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 well, and even our own, I mean, we think from, from the history that we can divine from the human genome mm-hmm. that we got down to uh, the smallest number of humans was um 
uh, something like tw- in the, on the order of twenty five thousand. Yes, is how small the, yes. the human population got at one point, which and, is astounding. And um, and and you know to that point, I think that's why you know at least my understanding is that that's why human beings are so similar because there was such a relatively yeah, exactly. small and finite number, right? If exactly. You extract. Yeah. What is it? Um, what's, what's our current population now in the planet? Seven, think, seven, seven billion. billion. Yeah, and you know, not even counting the tens of billions who have died in between that time. Like that's that's a lot of human beings coming from a common thread. Um, and you're right. Who who <laughs> who knows what it could have been? Maybe the firekeeper for that group of twenty five thousand. Maybe he drops the water, yeah. or she drops the water. The, you know, the fire in the water, and then there's nothing. And and you know, then the universe says start again. Oops. <laughs> yeah, and then the aliens. Man, that person like... would feel bad. <laughs> I'm, I, look, guys, I'm really sorry. Isn't that the, uh, the is that the uh, history of the world joke? That's <laughs> right. Get your fifteen smash ten. Get your ten <laughs> commandments right here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> man, that's another. Uh, have you ever listened to uh, the ten thousand year old man? I have not. What's, what's... It's Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner um, had a, a a an act that they called the Ten Thousand Year Old Man, and the and the the premise was that Mel Brooks had somehow lived for ten thousand years. Okay. And Carl Reiner was interviewing him, and it's mostly ad lib. Um, <laughs> of and course, it was fantastic. Really, ad lib with Reiner and Brooks? I can't yeah, imagine. I, know. It, it's, <laughs> I think it is a lot of of uh history of the world part one came uh-huh. from stuff that he sort of came up with on that look it up it, it's fantastic it's so will. well worth it i yeah. will it's uh well i mean also because well, i think carl reiner is 90 so i think they're both in their 90s now yeah i know Extraordinary. Oh, no, wait. no carl reiner died this yes this past summer. yes yeah. who am i th- thinking of? i'm thinking mel brooks is in his 90s uh yeah he is yeah. absolutely yeah. they were still hanging out every day together up to uh, to Carl Reiner's death. But you know, I mean, relationships like that, and I mean, clearly what what they went through and whatever bonded them, um, I think that's what we're missing now is that ability. And I, I think we're trying to replicate it, whether it be, you know, through podcasts or Zoom calls or, yeah. you know, whatever it is, we're trying to replicate that human connection because I don't know that human beings are meant to go long periods of time in a de-socialized, in a physically de-socialized environment. I think, yeah, we're, yeah. I think we're, we're, we're kind of putting up some things to kind of slow the degradation. But, you know, if, if, if this keeps up for, mm, give it another year, um, I think we're heading through some Lord of the Flies type shit. Like, <laughs> it's, we, we will be amazed. <laughs> we will be amazed at the depths and depravity to which we will sink. Um, and not because we're evil people, it's just because our brains aren't built to function like that. I know. And, you Although, know, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yes, another yes, yes. another counterbalance. Okay, yes, please. Taking please. us in this dark place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I'm going to bring the light out of you, damn it, Sebastian. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, uh, this could have been the kind of situation where there was more, um, uh, more of a Lord of the Flies kind of a... Uh, you know, I mean, there has mm-hmm. been there has been violence, there have been clashes, but um, even with uh, you know mass protests and and like uh, a relative like militia of of mega <laughs> um, looking for or at least yeah. purporting to be looking for a fight, um, nowhere near as much violence as in the late sixties and early seventies. Um, yeah, or yeah. even the the Rodney King um, yeah. uh, clashes, 92. right? Yeah. I mean, so, uh, you know, that's to me, maybe hopefully a hopeful sign that this is feeling more collective. I mean, there's certainly a lot more white people participating in those Black Lives Matter protests than there were <laughs> in the 90s or the 70s, this right? Is like, that's, that's a statement of fact. Yes. Yeah, which was really nice to see, honestly. And I mean, and, and I think the other part that gets that I like to see, Seb, is the staying involved, not just coming yeah. in for a season, like, yeah, 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 actually truly committing to staying in the space, not because they are trying to do it for somebody else. I think it goes to what we were talking about the altruism, you know, you're not doing it for yourself, you're doing it for somebody else, and, right? And right. in that, you don't want to let that person down. So well, and also I think a growing understanding that um, 
things like, you know, uh, like, so in Hegelian philosophy, there's a dialectic. Um, Hegel purported the original dialectic was the master-slave dialectic. Somebody was calling the shots and telling mm -hmm. somebody what to do. Mm -hmm. um, and he said that in that relationship, the master uh, position is more distorting and more harming in the long term, even though obviously being, you know, bossed around and, and having your, your freedom to taken away from you in the short term is, you know, I mean, the person is, is enjoying the fruits of your labor and you're not, and you're not free. However, mm -hmm. in the long term, their humanity is more damaged. Yes. Um, and, and I think there's a real truth to that. And I think that, you know, the growing sort of uh, collaboration around civil rights has started in the 60s it comes from that place of recognizing that, like, it's, it's, it harms everyone to have the, the, the history of slavery in this country and the history of racism in this country and the history of misogyny and patriarchy in this country. It harms everyone long term. It's a stain and it's a stain. It's, it's damage that needs to, can only be undone by uh, reconciliation, reparations, you know, making the, the wound heal. And that'll, that'll be healing for everybody. It is, I think what I hear you talking about is the difference between saying you're sorry and a true apology. Right. Right. Well, making it's, it right. Making yeah, it well, right. It's exactly not right, right to say, I'm sorry, but continue <laughs> yeah, exactly. to enjoy I'm the so benefits <laughs> of, like, you're, that's not really an apology. <laughs> that is not. That is not. Apology involves ownership yeah. of, of, yeah. of yes. what it is you did. Right. You know, not like I think we see so many sports stars or even famous people like, I'm sorry if people were offended. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> People were offended. It's not an if. Yeah. You know, what can you do about that? It's like, well, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. That idea of, you know, what I, it, it's kind of like when, when Kimberly and I are talking to our kids and, you know, when we're, you know, we, we try to involve them in situations as appropriate or understanding about, you know, why we're doing things. And, you know, part of our conversation with them is, you know, the reason why we are not maybe the strictest, you know, disciplinarians is that um, when you build a prison, you actually have to staff it. Right. And I think that's kind of what I hear you saying, like when you build yeah, a system that's that right. is just destructive, like it doesn't run on its own. Like you have to keep feeding it people to do that. And that's you, right. And, and, that, and I think that's what I hear you saying is that's, that's right. the damaging part. Right. You know, that's right. <laughs> that's right what, what's the uh, yeah, what? you said it perfect you have to feed it people like yeah. like the, yeah. the the nazi party nazi germany ran literally ran on human life it was mm -hmm. a death cult mm -hmm. it required human sacrifice to fuel it like exactly. that is some macabre shit <laughs> well i mean you know well um, you mean Macabre, like a tobacco company that kills its customers and keeps yeah. meeting new customers? Sure. I mean, that's that's really what we're talking about. The idea that you create something that is so destructive um, and would probably peter out if you didn't feed it people, but somehow you're make because you're getting some benefit from it, whether it be, you know, profit or, you know, like you said, in fascist Germany, studies of power, like until people stop wanting whatever these destructive systems create, or, or give off, that's, that's where, that's where I think the tipping point is, right? Yeah. When, well, I mean, yeah, we, we have to collectively get to a place where more of us believe that mm. if, that we can all benefit, we can all get enough, right? Yes. That's the whole thing comes down to just fear that somebody else is going to get more than you and you're not going to have enough. And, and, and I may get this quote wrong, but I think it's Gandhi who said, you know, there's more than enough for everybody's need but there's not enough for everybody's greed. And, yeah. and that idea of, I mean, even when we, when we talk about like the healthcare debate in the United States, right. You know, it's amazing that people vote against right. their self-interest, but it's the idea that mm, some black or Brown person is going to benefit from this. Therefore, yeah, even for, though I will benefit from this, it must not become true. Oh you're God, like, this is so depressing. You're like, wow, is, is, and, and maybe that, and I don't, you know, neither one of us are psychiatrists or psychologists, although I'm sure we could be if we studied like over of the course. weekend. <laughs> I'm reading this book, Psychology for Dummies. Are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's the idea, right? Of, you know, how do you, 
how do you help people understand what their true self-interests are versus the self-interests that are maybe fed to them from someone who actually truly, you know, stop me if this sounds familiar, the self-interests that are fed to them from someone who truly has no interest in their self-interest. Um, you know, insert uh, insert Republican GOP. Yeah, no here. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but, you know, I mean, I think you and I have said this before, you know, the, the hard work is doing the hard work. And I, I get that egalitarianism yeah. for all is tough because you, you feel that you should have X, Y, Z, or you feel that you should have more. And I would yeah. just offer to people that if you, I think the reason why people want more is like you said, they're either feel they're at zero or they are close to zero. And it's kind of like a diet, right? When you diet and you lose a lot of body fat and a lot of weight, your body's like, hmm, let me make sure that if you ever do some stupid shit like this again, we <laughs> have enough fat reserves and you know it builds back up. And I think that's what I see a lot of humanity doing is just gathering unto itself those things that they do not need um, because yeah. of the fear that they may not be able to get more or right. because there's a sense of scarcity. Even yeah, I mean, I, and, and by the way, like mm. I get the genetic roots of that, right? I mean, yeah. like it, it's not... It's that's not, survival instinct right. from a long time ago. Historically, <laughs> that's been pretty smart to do. Yeah. It's just, yes, yes. To not recognize that we are in a new regime where we, we, we live in a, an entirely human-created, human-engineered world where yeah. you know we, we've sustained uh, 7 billion people on the planet because of technology because mm-hmm. we we aren't at the whim of nature to the large to a large degree anymore you know and like we we have to i mean it goes back to are people really that stupid you know i mean like it, they don't understand uh how vaccines work let alone how this one mm-hmm. was created let alone what the testing process is let alone what the risks might be let alone what the risks are that they actually face from the coronavirus right i mean there's layer upon layer upon layer yeah. of science and technology that just are too far beyond the capabilities these people understand so i mean i i this is my frustration it's like it's like it's like trying to teach a math to a dog it's like you know where do you even start it is, well, you know, is, is the idea that, you know, you gotta, you gotta find some language to communicate to that doll. Like if, if, if it is, if we have decided that we absolutely have to have these individuals as a part, we've got to find a way to talk to them down to your idea of, you know, if people decide that, you know, the idiots are not worth talking to, you know, we, we, we fear for the idiots because, you know, dumb people doing dumb things to themselves and impacting other people is one thing. Smart people actually deciding to do something and impact it becomes something much, much different. And, yeah. you know, we fear the smart people doing things to impact their environment in a way that um, makes it uncomfortable or impossible, um, you know, for the idiots to survive and, and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope that that doesn't come there. But you're right that that frustration, that fear, and and actually, I think you're hitting upon something, Sebastian, where you're talking about you know the genetic imperative. You know, from a from an age of the planet perspective, you know, I think human beings are roughly like 2.1 seconds if you know the age yeah, of Earth exactly. was an hour, right? Exactly. It's, it's you know we we've been here for a speck of it, and maybe we are just asking too much to get. Maybe we need more time to get beyond our biology to start yeah, we reaching. Don't have any time is the problem. <laughs> no, yeah, we don't have any time. Yeah, it, it's. I need force growth now. Yeah, I need force growth now. It's um, yeah, it's. Also, so it's my turn to be optimistic. Okay. Good. Um. So when You're I really th- making me carry a lot of water. No, well, you know what? As well, you should, because you hoarded all the water, so only you can carry it. So, Fair um, enough. I, um, Kimberly and I were talking. I don't know when it was, but we talked, and the idea was that young people today, and I'm not talking about you know like the Greta Thunberg um, age. I'm talking more like I'll give it AOC age, like 26 to 30. Rel- relatively, you know, young people, even actually, you know what I'll say a little bit early, younger than that, like I'll say 20 to 28, we'll, we'll give it that age range. Um, 
Whereas, you know, people who are our age, we were taught that Maslow's hierarchy of needs was a, you started at the bottom and eventually, you know, you reached the self-actualization layer. Mm-hmm. And what we were noticing is that young people today don't feel constrained to start at the lowest level of, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. They seem to be going after Maslow's hierarchy of needs in whichever way they want. Because we were, the conversation came about, of you know, young people who were protesting what their jobs were doing and quitting jobs and doing something else. You know, from a, you know, people who were born in the 19, late 60s, early 70s, that's just heresy. Like, what do you mean? You can't quit this good job. You can't do right, that because right, that's right, meeting, right. you know, those base level Maslow's hierarchy needs, right? You know, food, shelter, the, the base stuff. But it seems interesting that younger people are more apt or, or, or okay getting that, those hierarchy needs in parallel, right? Because yeah. I think that's the, that's the other part that Kimberly and I were really stuck on. It's the idea that you started at the bottom and you could not get to the top immediately right. like you had to go through the entire chain upwards and that just doesn't seem to be the case anymore that people are looking no. to the idea that they can do their self-actualization needs getting involved with black lives matter getting involved with social justice you know helping out being altruistic while at the same time maybe they're struggling a little bit with where they're going to live or where they're going to stay but you know for them their self-actualization needs are really feeding their soul in a right, way that right, right. didn't seem to feed it for generations that are older than them yeah, and maybe it's it's um, more recognition of the abundance, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they grew up with the internet, all yeah. of the information <laughs> that yeah. humans have ever all of humanity's information at a click. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and they can they can you know you can you can learn any any subject at least to like a Wikipedia level with for free, mm. um, and and then you can you know you can find ways to get up to. PhD level just online, right? I mean, there's, yeah. there's ways of doing it that didn't exist before. So, mm-hmm. so it kind of makes sense that it's more like random access, right? It's like, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, uh, I'll pursue what I'm interested in at the time when I'm interested in it. You know what I mean? It's, and I think it's a common, and I'm sure there's a scientific name for this, but it feels like they're able to pursue multiple aspects of Maslow's hierarchy needs in parallel. Right. Or to be able, the ability to jump very quickly to be like, oh, I'm a level five. Mm, I think today I'll do this or today I'll do like there doesn't seem to be the strict rigidity of one must go through X. And, and, you know, hey, listen, today where I'm living is important to me tomorrow. What kind of human being I am is important to me the next day. You know, food is important to me. Then, the, you know, and so that ability to hop to hop back and forth in between the levels while at the same yeah. time, in some cases, pursuing multiple you know, levels, I think is, I think is their superpower. Actually. Me too. Me too. I do. I do think that um, uh, younger people make me more optimistic. Yes. <laughs> because yes. I feel like in a way, my peers, my middle-aged peers are the mm-hmm. ones I'm the most frustrated with. Um, well, no, well, sorry. Boomers are the ones I'm the most frustrated uh, with. Screw them. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, wait, did we just, did we just throw our parents under the bus? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, not not them in particular. Yeah, but, not I mean, those boomers, the other boomers, the ones who are who currently control. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Those boomers are presidency. Those boomers, oh, horrific, horrific. It's um, yeah. It, it, I, I think you're you're right. That that optimism of of and maybe you know what's the the lament of the old. You know, someone says, you know, that that's the problem with youth. It's, that's the problem with wasted youth. It's on wasted young. on the young, right? Yeah. But now, to your point, when you have the entire knowledge of humanity available to you at a couple of clicks, and you have TED Talks and YouTube videos that can basically get you to a high level functioning of a lot of different things. I mean, you can't, you know, learn how to build an atomic reactor, but you can definitely learn how to, you know, do things to, you know, grow hydroponics in a garden or, you know, how to compost or just all of these other aspects where, um, you're right. I think the, the the problem with the boomers and maybe even the generation that you and I are in um, is the idea that we actually have achieved a level of comfort and resources where we actually probably should be more out front. But because it's been so drilled into us that this level of scarcity or right. something else that a right. lot of times we we default to what is safe and we default to you know, what is not going to be challenging or we, def- because maybe there are times where we 
we came from a place where there wasn't enough or, you know, we've come yeah. from, you know, some hard times and right. You know, <laughs> wasn't it like Michael King used to say to the actor, he's like, you know, the reason why I take every single role is because I will never be hungry again. You know, I'm going to act right. in everything that they ask me because one of these days someone will not ask. Me. Right, 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 right. And right. so it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it is, I do hope that, you know, the, the wisdom the resources of the boomers attached to the youth right and the energy of the youth might be you know part of the key that that gets us out there right so maybe it's three things right the energy that would be awesome it would be fantastic that so here's my map right so kids are going to solve the problem is what you're saying yes yes pretty much yes here it is here's the answer the energy of children the optimism of um the middle the the young adults uh, combined with the resources of the boomers is is what will be able to affect permanent positive change there you on go. this, right? And, I, and the reason why I, I like that math is because people rotate through all three groups if they're lucky enough to also, stay Also, right? so, there's no particular responsibility for us. Yeah, but there you have it. <laughs> Coast, baby. Listen, I gave you the solution. That's you right. Know, I mean, what I can't be expected to. I mean, I can't be expected to implement it as well. You know, clearly, clearly, those people who are between forty-five and fifty are the PMO of this entire solution. Right? We'll tell you what to do and how to do it. Now, just go make it happen. Yeah. Mm, the, the plan didn't work. Well, clearly, you executed my vision wrong. Yeah. Did you see the Gantt <laughs> chart I sent over to you? <laughs> Did you get that thing I sent you? <laughs> <laughs> Refer to that. Give it another shot. <laughs> Come back to me when it's done. Yeah. <laughs> if you excuse me now, my Thai food is arriving. <laughs> yeah, right. But wait a minute. Did you just get delivery from a restaurant that's downstairs? <laughs> Your point being? <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I did see a cartoon that, that literally talked exactly about that. It was, you know, the, you know, the, the, not the boomer, but you know, I guess what are we? Are we? Are we Gen? No, we're not, we're not Gen X. What are we? Are we Gen X? Yeah, we're Gen X. We're Gen X. Yeah. So there was the Gen Xer who was ordering food, and you know, that literally got it shipped, you know, via DoorDash from downstairs. And it's, the person said two things: one, my company's paying for this food, so it's really not on me. Um, and the second part was, is like, well, I'm doing my part to help keep, you know, businesses active. And it's yeah. like, th <sighs> there is something to be said for things that are inserted into the middle of a process and actually add value um, for both parties <laughs> or for the entire chain. There's something to be said for people who insert themselves in the middle and add no value, but just take a penny every time it passes them by. Right. And, you know... I, I would hope that we have more creations that um, actually add value to the entire chain and to all parties involved, um, and, you know, as, as well. Actually, you know, so I'll, I'm going to say this, and I know we're not going to have time to talk about it today, but um, shall I leave a kernel? Shall I leave a break yes, yes. for the fan next week? Because um, yeah, we're week, pros now. Yeah. <laughs> this is how we roll. This is what we do, damn it. Um, <laughs> We do so, have to talk at some point about intros and, and uh, wrap-ups, I think, because I've, I've yeah. noticed recently, I'm, I'm like, we're 23 episodes in, we still don't say that we're episode 23 and what we're going to talk about or anything. Like, there's no, I mean, I'm, um, I'm okay with you, that. But, are you talking about an agenda? Well, I, no, I don't, <laughs> think, I don't, so, well, we can talk about it. Talk about it. We can talk That's about a level it. of preparation. I don't know if I'm prepared Well, for. you know, and... Here, but I, and maybe this is what talks about. Here's what I love about our conversation, Seb: the complete randomness. Yeah, right. I love we that just, too. We just don't know where we're gonna go, but we're willing to go there wherever it takes us. The natural flow, and it yeah. feels that, you know, I don't want the man getting all up in the script and tell me what I gotta <laughs> talk about. <laughs> you know, it just it, yeah. So. I don't know, but maybe we, we try to do something uh, that we were doing before, like where we're just sending like six random topics to each other. And, you know, that's the broad, you know, across those 12 broad topics is what we'll talk about. Yeah. But, but I mean, I, I think, well, anyway, I yeah, yeah. talk about, but I think like some kind of bumper and like, you know, mm. welcome to the show mm -hmm. 
as yet unnamed, I'm so and so, and you're so and so, and okay, you know what I mean? Like because <laughs> yes, it is this funny kind of like we just start talking and then we're, yeah. we're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> you know what? Um, like Malcolm Gladwell so, said. So, TSF for okay, sorry. You, you, no, no, no. I was gonna okay. say, like, like Malcolm Gladwell said, you know, it's ten thousand hours of practice. That's um, right. I don't want his Bible, but I will take his ten thousand hours <laughs> in terms of how you get to be good at something. Um, and by the way, for the fan, if you don't know anything about Malcolm Gladwell's Bible, go ahead and look that up. Um, <laughs> it's startling what some people feel they need to share. <laughs> um, so I will, I will, so I'll give it a shot. I will say that. Um, I don't even know what episode we're on, but it's 24. Well, we're on 24, so this is yep. episode 24. Um, Sebastian and I have done a fantastic job talking about a variety <laughs> of topics, everything from what the aliens think about us to the optimism of um, you know, the AOC-aged crowd and the ability to multi-phase or work in parallel um, to achieve Maslow's hierarchy of goods as their uh, superpower. And we also gave a solution um, to the problems around um, what's going to happen is what I what they say the combination of childlike energy, um, you know, AOC age level enthusiasm and boomer resources, you know, put together with the idea that people pass from one state to the other and they don't forget where they came from. So there it is. That's yeah. that's what we did. Um, <laughs> is this the point where I toss it to you? He, Sebastian. No, no, you had you had something to tee up for for next episode. Oh, tee it up for next week. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, next week we are going to be talking about the inherent racism of money, and mm. the idea that there is probably one third of the population that has no access to any sort of banking. Yeah. Um. And another, I think, half of the population that is possibly underserved in terms of banking. And so how do you solve economic problems in a capitalistic society when one third of the people on your planet have no access um, into that? There we go. There you go. That's, That's an excellent so topic. That is, that is T. I know. And, and, and I think it's something relevant, right? Which is, which is why we want to talk about it. Um, so yeah. Hey, so for our fan, we talk more than politics, baby. We talk world life stuff here. That's right. It's yet unnamed. <laughs> um, so coming to you live from Pleasanton, California. I'm sorry, from Dublin, California. I get my house right. Um, I am Darius Brown. And I'm Sebastian Cassidy.